Welcome to the Athletes Mindset Academy podcast, where we help gymnastics coaches and parents develop happy, healthy athletes who know how to win. Let's get started. All right, guys, it's Amy Twiggs, and today we have a guest. His name is Jonathan Flanagan. We're so happy to have him on our podcast today. Um, he is a comedian. I know we had another comedian a while ago, and I just love you guys are going to find out more and more about this. I love comedy. I think there's a really useful place in athletics for um, humor, more humor. So we have Jonathan Flanagan, who is a comedian and a writer from Los Angeles with us. Um, but the cool thing about Jonathan is before being a comedian, his passions included basketball, which he played competitively, sounds like pretty much your whole life from fifth grade, um, as well as snowboarding. And you retired doing that sport in 2000 <laughs> or 2012 is what you were saying, right? Yeah, that was and, last time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you have, do, is the Good Comedy like your company, the Good Comedy? Yeah, yeah. That's just my, it's just like my website basically because there's actually a professional soccer player named Jonathan Flanagan in the UK. And I had a website that was just my name uh -huh. and then I let it lapse and Puma like snatched it up really quick because they sponsored Puma's website for Puma and for him now. Oh, so well, I was like, oh, so I need a new website. That's what happens when you have cool names. You have to yeah. be very protective of those names. So yeah, Jonathan, if you Google me, I'm second. He's the first thing you'll see. <laughs> He's first? Well, sorry yeah. about that. That's okay. You're a cool second. So yeah. we're super excited to have you here. So I'm hoping to share with the athletes, the coaches, some um, correlation connection between comedy and sports and what it can do for them and what you found and how maybe they're kind of alike in a lot of ways, because mm. I'm finding a lot of similarities. So I want to hear some of your background in sports and then help us see where, where you've gotten to where you're at today. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, well, sports-wise, I, like I said, I, played, I started as a baseball fan, actually. And my, I had an uncle who was, he was a single, he was a bachelor. He, was a, he lived in Los Angeles. He uh, was a teacher out there. And he actually lived right by Dodger Stadium. He used to take me and my brother to Dodger games all the time. Uh -huh. and, um, and actually... I always like to say I ki I uh, I killed at Dodger Stadium once because uh, I was uh, like probably four or five years old and I didn't stand up for the national anthem and so the camera I got on me and put me on the jumbotron and I was like a cute little kid you know just like shy right uh -huh. and I'm sitting in this chair and I'm on the jumbotron during the national anthem or not sorry national anthem during um the seventh inning stretch and uh, I started like slinking down in my chair because I didn't want to be on the camera and the <laughs> camera just kept following me and following. And the entire stadium starts laughing at me. I swear to God, this is so 100% true. And, uh, and I was the most embarrassed I've ever been. I literally was like this in my chair, like trying to get, and the entire stadium is laughing at me on the Jumbotron uh -huh. and the whole entire 17th stretch. And, but that was back when like TV, like the, the, the uh, baseball games, you weren't in, if they're home games, you couldn't watch them on TV. Like they weren't televised. Uh -huh. uh, and so I remember like, thinking, oh, I was, like I, my brother's like, you know, TV, but then, we never, we weren't because, you know, not to mention they never televised the Sunday stretch anyways. But I always say I, I, I played to the sold out. I made all Dodger Stadium laugh uh, when I was four or five years old. Uh, but anyway, so we used to go to Dodger games all the time. And then one day he took us to a Clipper game and that changed my life. Like it was so much more fast paced, so much more entertaining. I like baseball was done for me. And then I started, I like basketball and I, I was just naturally better at basketball than I ever was at baseball. So I wasn't the best at baseball, um, but basketball, that was probably fifth grade. And I've been playing basketball since I still play. 
uh, I went and played by myself yesterday because of quarantine. There's no one to play with, but, um, <laughs> and then, uh, in college, I was playing in college and, uh, I broke my ankle mm. and, uh, I went to my doctors, which was Kaiser Permanente out in California. And, uh, they mixed up my x-rays and then my ankle's broken for like three weeks. And I had to get cleared by the sports doctor on camp and like from, for the team, I had to get cleared by the school doctor. And they're the ones who figured out, Oh, your ankle's broken. And they'll say, all right, so put in a cast and then like cast comes off like a month later. And then like I get surgery and all this stuff. And like, I, I spent three months that summer trying to get back in shape to get to make the team. And now I'm off for like two, three months. And it was like, you know what, forget it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to bother. And I, that's when I kind of started snowboarding more because I was already snowboarding a little bit, but, uh, and then I started doing that because both winter sports. So it was hard to like do both. Mm -hmm. I always felt like, Oh, when I'm doing one, I'm kind of like lacking on the other, mm -hmm. like when I go snowboard a lot and then not play basketball as much. And I'd come back to play basketball. And, like I wasn't as good as I was. And then, you know, your competitive self, like now I'm getting like, I'm mad because these people don't realize how good I am. Like I'm better than them, but they're beating me this time. But it's like, no, I'm actually better than you. But it's just because I haven't snowboarding the last month, like, I, you know, I'm not playing well. And so I would always just kind of choose one or the other. And so that's when I kind of just started snowboarding. Uh, and stop playing. I still played, but it's more like oh, I'll play all summer long in the wintertime. I'm playing basketball, or I'm sorry, playing uh, doing snowboarding. Mm -hmm. And then I quit doing that because that's when because I started. I moved to LA in probably about 2008, and then same kind of thing. Like when I would be at the mountain or be away or snowboarding or something, I was like, oh, I'm missing out. Like I'm missing the hustle. Like I should be in LA. Like everyone's, I'm missing. A this, that's competition in the entertainment industry is competition itself. You know, you're going on dishes, you're competing against other people, you or somebody else. And like, you, you got to get the, get the job, get the, you know, the gig. And so I'm like, I gotta, I can't do both. I gotta. And then also I wasn't snowboarding as much as I should have been because I'm living a further away and I'm doing stuff out in LA. And so it's like, I had to kind of choose. And so eventually I just kind of like quit snowboarding as well. Mm. And I quit because, or retire. I say retired because I kind of like stopped snowboarding. Yeah. Only because the locally in Southern California, like you have Big Bear Mountain High and the Mammoth you have that's pretty close. The Mammoth is a great resort. But locally, the mountains are pretty small and it's like 90% terrain park features on the hill, on the mountain. Mm -hmm. And so it's like jumps and rails and doing this kind of stuff, half pipe. And so to do that, it takes like every season when the new season starts, it takes like two, three days just to get back to where, to where you left off, get warmed up and back to where you're progressing. And so if you're not, if I'm not riding three times a week, then you're riding like normal people probably go once a month for a, that's a lot. They might go twice a season. And so like, what's the point of just going once every month when I'm barely warming up and then I don't go for another month. And so I'm never progressing, never getting back to where I left off. So I just like, it's not worth it for me to go ride one of these small mountains where it's all terrain features. When I'm barely warming up, I'm not even getting to where I would like to be where I left off the last season or where, I'm progressing and trying a new trick, doing a new jump. And so I just called it quits. I was like, yeah, you it's quit. not worth it. Yeah. So you don't snowboard just for fun. You snowboard for your own competitive nature against yourself. Pretty much. I mean, it's, well, that's fun. <laughs> that is fun. I'm so much <laughs> fun competing and trying, yeah, trying to progress, trying to land that new trick or get better, do that thing. It's like, yeah, I don't to just kind of like, oh, go down the hill. That's not that fun for me. Mm. Maybe race. Like, I'd ra I don't have to do jumps. I'll ra I like to race. Like, that would be fun, too. But either way, it's, yeah, you, ha you can't just do it once a month. Do it twice a year. Like, you have to continue to go. Mm, interesting. Okay, so you can't snowboard tw once a month or twice a year 
at a satisfactory level for yourself. No. Right? No. But here's, here's a, some cool things in that that you were just telling me. Number one, you have this fear of missing out. You don't want to miss out here. You don't yes. want to miss out here. And if I'm not going to be able to be good enough here, I might as well just not do that until I find the next thing that helps me be able to just race. Like you love to, you're a doer, you're, which is most athletes, most high yes. competitive athletes do not want to sit, which is one thing I wanted to just kind of mention because in my mind, a lot of things these days, uh, coaches and all of us, we have this idea that we're supposed to start teaching athletes how to be mindful. Do you know what athletes don't want to do? They don't want to sit and be quiet and be mindful mm -hmm. and think about nothing. They want to yeah. move, which is super fun for me to say, hey, let's sit down and be mindful and let's think about our breathing and let's think about our feet and let's think about the ground and the senses around us. When just like you're saying, if you're not on the mountain two or three days a week, not worth it. What else can keep me moving forward, right? Yeah. I think it's interesting because mindfulness is a big thing right now. And listening to you go is one of the reasons why athletes don't like to be mindful in the traditional sense. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of ways to be to meditate and be mindful. But in the traditional sense, that is kind of a little resistance area right now. So I think it's becoming more understandably like important. But I'm just listening to your your story and going, Hey, this is probably why a lot of athletes don't want to sit and just breathe. They want to be racing because racing is fun is what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So keep going. So now you're racing in comedy in a sense. You, yeah. Okay. Tell me Pretty how you much. applied what you've learned in sports to comedy. I don't know if it's, if what I've learned like helps, but <laughs> it's more the mentality similar, like where it's, you know, it's kind of like once again, competition whether it's me versus uh say um me like you and like, i were head on like i know i was pretty competitive when we were on that okay you guys you have to understand yeah. i did my first comedy bit totally memorized totally like planned jonathan gets up there he's the closing act for the last hour and uh everybody's laughing i'm like how come nobody laughed for me where was the last <laughs> gone <laughs> Keep going. So I wasn't uh, much competition. Yeah. So yeah, whether it's with like a contemporary with someone who another comedian, or which is not so much like that. You know, that's never funny. Like I, I'm, I'm happy whenever I know people or see people on TV that I know or friends that get this gig. And um, but it's either that way or with um, with you and yourself or even you and the audience. Either way, like there's always something where it's like, okay, like I need to come out ahead of this, whatever this thing is. This. Uh, and yeah, what is the thing and what is coming out ahead look like? That's, I think, two of those vague ideas in our head that it's yeah, like yeah. kind of ahead, but what does that even mean? Was that ahead enough for me? Do I have to yeah. like come out with louder laughter next time? Right. And who knows? And it's you, you're, you're setting, you're making up the whole stakes in your head anyway. Who knows? It's not like it's necessarily real or something tangible or physical. It's like, exactly. it's just yourself. So uh, you're coming out ahead with whatever your brain decides is ahead in these comedy gigs, right? Yes. And for me, well, for me, it's whether it's the audience. It's like, okay, I'm going to do because doing a joke, like I know where I know how, I'm. It's like controlling the audience pretty much. And so it's kind of this uh, status quo. It's going to be me. I have status where they do, and so I'm controlling them. They're going to laugh when I plan for them to. They're going to gasp or be shocked whenever I plan for them to do that. And so as long as that keeps happening, it's okay. I have status quo, and I and it's going on. And a lot of times you're not. Uh, audience of comedy show you don't realize that but it is 100 percent not i mean 99 percent completely thought out and calculated and even when it you think it's not you know even deja Chappelle, i've seen him live where i'm like wow this seems so fresh and on on the spot 
And then I see his specials like, oh no, I just saw him do, he did every single thing exactly. Even for a cigarette puff or whatever it is, it's exactly, he planned it out and he's done it. And you, you just think it might not be, but, and so as long as that's happening, then now it's like, I'm winning, I'm in control, you know, it's kind of like that. And then when they're, when they don't do it, like, well, wait the heck. And like, it's like that record scratch in your mind, even if you're not paying attention, like, wait, why is that sound not happening? That's supposed to happen right now. Like they're supposed to be laughing. And now it's like, okay, well, you don't like that. Let's see what happens, you know? And that's where it gets competitive. And even, especially if they're not laughing a lot, which there's shows where they're just not into it. Like they just don't like those jokes I'm doing. And I'll, I've even said it in a couple of times in multiple shows where I'm like, oh, you don't like that? And I was like, okay. And then, well, how about this one? You know, I kind and I will still be competitive with them. Not like in a mean spirit, but definitely call them out and then say, you know, and I'll say stuff like that to them. Yeah. And they might do different jokes. Isn't that like sports though? Because I feel like we definitely pre-plan and pre-practice mm -hmm. what we want the results to be. And I love how you compared it to a record scratch. Like sometimes when something isn't exactly how we plan, we're like, wait a second, that wasn't exactly <laughs> what I planned. But we don't sit there and we go, oh, wait, hold on a sec. You guys didn't like that? I didn't either. Let's try something else. It's in, in sports, it looks different. When you're in the mm -hmm. basketball game, like tell me, what does a record scratch look to you when you were a collegiate basketball player? What would that look like to you? uh a lot of i mean a lot of times it's your body like you're like whoa what the heck that felt weird when i landed you know like even like the worst is when the when you it scares you you don't hurt yourself but you're like whoa that could have been that's like and like you gotta take a step back like if you ever landed your knee feels like it's gonna go the opposite direction it's like whoa that was weird i think a lot of it has to do with your own body and then also just be on the same page with your teammates you know if like you go and do something and like someone misses your like say you're open they don't see they don't pass you the ball mm -hmm. you know or even like as me, I used to be the one passing the ball a lot. So like I see the, the opening from Pat and I hesitate and now it's gone because it's a split second. And it's like, oh man. But then luckily with say basketball teams, it's like you kind of bring it back around, try to get that to happen again kind of thing, which is, yeah. yeah, same thing in comedy, I guess. Yeah, no, well, I kind of see it. For me, I totally see these, these uh, ideas connecting from my brain because I think essentially you have that competitive nature, you have that athletic nature, you have that in comedy, I'm sure it comes out in, in so many ways that you may or may not be aware of. But even watching you, because I got to see you perform a couple of times, mm -hmm. like I can see it as for me as an athlete, when I was an athlete, I, we make mistakes. And it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that we're done with the show. It just means that we, a lot of times we think we go to competitions for us, but we're at competitions. <laughs> the only reason why we're at competitions is because people are paying for tickets so that they can have entertainment. So we're in yes. competitions to be able to build up a business for somebody out there, right? And, yeah. and it is entertainment and it is giving back. It's our way of contributing. And when you said you were shy as a kid, a lot of athletes are very shy. It's really yeah. difficult to get athletes to just open up and talk because they know how to get their body to perform. They know how to do exactly what they're say, supposed to do. But as far as like voc vocalizing what they're thinking and feeling, it's a kind of a different story. And for you, you've learned how, how to, go from being a shy kid to voicing your thoughts and switching your perspectives, just like we do in sports. We have to figure out what is it that's not working here? What's, what, what's working for the audience? What's not? What's working for the scoreboard? What's not? And we constantly have to tweet to get the result we want. And sometimes there's the record scratches, right? So, yeah. so tell me about a little bit of a, your comedy, how, how you guys become comedians. I'm curious, because we're always performing, we're always practicing, we're always tweaking to be a higher level of whatever we're at. And there's high pressure situations for you too, even outside of being an athlete, right? Yeah. Um, I, 
you know, it's weird. I think like I've like when I finally started doing, I never thought I was gonna be a stand-up comedian. I, I wanted to do acting, and there's like improv, some other. I want. I love, always loved comedy, but I never thought uh, stand-up comedian. I thought that's something completely different. It's a whole nother thing, discipline that you have to. Once again, it's like one or the other. Like I can't, you know, you don't have that time energy. It's not enough to put effort into putting multiple things, you know. Mm-hmm. And because uh, like I want to strive to be the best at this thing, and if I'm striving to be good at another thing, then how can I be the best at this? Because I'm splitting my time, you know. Yeah. Just like basketball and snowboarding, or you know, comedy, acting and snowboarding, or whatever. And so. I never thought stand-up would be a thing. And then I just happened to work out that I got into it. I was doing improv and acting before that and comedy stuff, but never stand-up comedy. And then I, when I look back, I realized like I was kind of like a student of comedy my entire life. Like I was watching things I was watching as a five-year-old and four-year-old, like, which was like rated R comedies and stuff, just, be, just watching the stuff. And then even on TV, watching stand-up comedy as a kid and then like reciting it at the dinner table like it was my own jokes you know <laughs> like repeating jokes that I heard that day and stuff and it's just like I was always into it and always studying it without realizing it and then uh yeah then I get the opportunity and it's like okay and I go to like open mic and I'm like see some people doing it's like I could do better than this and so then I just tried it and then the first time I did the very first time I did it was a supportive room it was uh, not terrible. It was actually like, you know, I felt like, oh, this is all right. Like, looking back, I hate it. Like, I have a clip of it. I have a video of the very first time. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, I can't watch it. But, like, it's cringy to watch. But it wasn't in the moments. Like, this, it went pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like, not like you would think your very first time. And so that was like, oh, my God, it's amazing. I can't wait to do this again. And I probably went the very next week to do it at some other place. And it was terrible. It was so bad. And I probably didn't do it for, like, another month. And then I went, okay, I got to try it again. And you can't keep doing it. It's like bad, but you got to kind of keep getting up to do it for whatever reason. Uh, I don't suggest you do it unless you, you like have to, but uh, you, you I don't, don't know why I had to. Do, to. Yeah. So why do you, well, you did, you do know why you had to, how, why did you have to go back and try another, another comedy bit after a terrible bit? I mean, one, you don't want that to be your last thing. but here's the thing because it's not yeah if it's like you know if it's basketball or like i'm like i you never want to like you lose like oh let's play again like we got i gotta play again till i win but with comedy it's not like that because i don't know why <laughs> it's almost like being in a firing squad and then like oh I, you shot me you killed me but let's try it again like no there's no coming out of this <laughs> it's good you're getting shot every single time it's not like you could retry it. It's so uh, it's a little bit. It was like jumping out of a plane without a parachute, and it's like, all right, well, I want to see if I can fly. Let's do it next time. I'm going to try to fly again. It's like, no, you're never going to fly. It's it's so I don't know why you do it again. But I don't know. Yeah, maybe in your head you make it up like, oh well, like I'm better. You know, you're better than that. Like, okay, I could be better. I could be better. And so it's just always I can do better. I can do better. And no matter how many times it's not going well, mm-hmm. and then eventually you are you know just like you're not quite satisfied right you're not satisfied when you see that you have more in you than what they responded to yeah i think i mean by the time i don't know if i had one in yet when the like that that terrible open mic the second one i did like it might have been exactly appropriate for what i was giving them i don't know you know because that's how it is in game although i think you're right i think that's i thought no no these jokes are funny still even though you know that so that first room that was the these people should have been at that one that was they were they had it right they were smart i was funny but uh-huh. i don't know i mean i can't even watch it like so <laughs> well i think that's a good challenge for you is to go back and watch it just just for your own emotional <laughs> management your thought work yeah. right 
to be able to wait a second. I was actually pretty funny and to be able to laugh at yourself because isn't that why you do sports too is just for yourself. Like you're not on the, on the um, snowboard right now because it's for you. It's not really competing against anybody else. And if you're not at the level that feels satisfactory, then you just don't want to worry about it right now. You want to be able to do comedy at a level that's satisfactory. And if you're not getting the result that you want, you're going to sit and be disappointed for a month and then get right back out there. If you have terrible shots where it's like the championship game and you miss both free throws that could have won the game, you feel terrible, but you're going to come back next mm-hmm. season, right? Isn't that kind of the way it is? And yeah, then and even, that. even like playing basketball, like you think, like when I went to the open mic, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm funny on these people. I should try this. Same thing with like, I'm what, you know, you're waiting to get the next game or something. It's like, oh, I'm better than that guy. I'm better than that guy. Okay, I should definitely be playing next game. Like next game, I like, they should pick me up because I'm better than that guy. Like, I'm, you're just literally looking at it. You're like, okay, I'm better than this. I can play. I should play here. Oh, you go to some games where it's like, it's like all pro athletes. Like, oh, I can't compete with these people. Like, it's like, you don't try to play. But then like, there's other spots where you're like, oh yeah, I'm better than this guy. I'm better than that guy. I should play. Like, get me on the court next game, you know? Okay. Tell me about the next competition as far as co- comedy goes, that would be kind of equivalent to competing against a pro level athlete. And for you, because we, what I'm hearing is that the only way you feel comfortable is if you feel like you are like that you can hold your own in the game, like that you're competitive in the game. And what if you're just not competitive in the game, but you just want to play? What would you do? Could you go to a stand up comedy place that's just like, hey, anybody can go. Now, these people are here and they're like well known and I'm, yeah. kinda, I'm, I'm good, but maybe not that good in your head. It's obviously all in your head. So would you I be would, willing to go in there? Yeah, no, there's times like there's times at the, at the comedy store. It's you can like I've gone up before Bill Burr, which I didn't know he was coming up after me, but I'm like, oh, wow. And uh, and I just want like it wouldn't make me. Like, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm better than Bill Burr. Oh, I'm better than Chris Rock. Let me get up there. It's more like, oh, they're here? Good. I want them to see me. Let me get up so they can see me because I want them to see that I'm not as good as them, but but I – How do you know? I have, so- Who just I have someone that? they will like, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just – it's tan- there's tangible things. where, But that's me, like me going through – like, I have like, – like, I'm not as good as them, but I guarantee I have a joke that's as good as their joke. I have a joke that's this good that they will laugh. You know, I have jokes that are just as – good or that they will laugh at but mm-hmm. as far as as good as them I think the difference between someone like that is that they can be that good for 90 minutes they can be like every single they don't have like they hit home run every single time they're up to play yeah. up to the play it's not like you know I'm hitting a home run I'm getting a couple doubles and, and then I'm gonna hit another home run you know it's they can hit home every single time and that but you know but that's the only difference but uh but yeah, that's like, it's not that I think I'm better than them. and I should be up there. It's that I want them to see me. Like, oh, right. let them see me. That's, what so that's why you're willing to go in there. Even if your mind thinks that they might be better, you're still willing because you want them to kind of see a few of the things, some of the skills that you have, right? Yeah, yeah. So I have one more question about this because in my head, it just keeps going back and forth between, hey, comedy and athletics. But when it comes to natural talent in athletics, uh-huh. people always say, oh, they've got natural talent. Like it's easier for them because they're mm-hmm. naturally funnier, or they're just naturally stronger, or naturally pa- more powerful. I, I just, from what I see, what I hear, natural talent only gets you so far, and yeah. isn't really the determining factor in a lot of different scenarios. So tell me what you've seen in the comedy world as far as natural talent goes. I wanna hear what you're thinking. There's definitely people who are just naturals, you know, sports right. and comedy and music, you know, any, yeah. any avenue that you take, but, um, uh, and but then you have just like in sports, you have who are because they're natural, they're natural at it that they don't work as hard maybe, 
Yeah. And so they don't necessarily get to the level where some people who like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, where it's like they have that natural ability, but they also were the hardest working person. So they become the best ever, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, because they are definitely, matter of fact, there's a Stefan Marbury. I'm always talking about NBA because that's what I know the most about. There's a recent Stefan Marbury documentary on Netflix I just recently watched. And he was saying that he was kind of like the natural. He was, he was looked at since he was a freshman in high school, junior, he was in junior eighth grade playing with some of these pro athletes. It's crazy. And he's had, he had a decent career, but he also eventually wasn't on a team and ended up finishing his career in China, you know, and stuff like that. And it's, that's kind of like the difference between the person being able to be mentally stable, mentally be able to handle the pressure mm-hmm. as well as working hard to go along with the natural talent. Like that would be Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, where there's people with naturally, natural ability and stand out from the crowd and just as good, if not better, than some of these players, but they can't handle the pressure mentally or they don't have the work ethic to go yeah. with it. Because, yeah. I mean, there's so many people doing it, you got to be able – you got to usually use everything you have to yeah. get up to that level. Uh, yeah. Comedy, same thing. You have people who are just naturally funny. It's like no matter what they – like I can – there's some people I'm like, I could listen to them and read a phone book because there's that – they're just funny. They're just – something about them that uh-huh. tickles my ear their voice yeah. you know their look everything uh-huh. uh but like yeah it gets down to like can they to do that for to go out there and do 90 minutes straight to have a netflix special to, to headline a show like that that's only gonna get them so that might that's gonna be funny for five minutes that's gonna be coming funny for 10 15 minutes but mm-hmm. eventually they're gonna have to have some good written jokes to go along with it Otherwise, people are going to get tired of them pretty quickly, you know, or they're going to flame out. So, you know, you see people that get really popular really fast and they disappear, you know, that's yeah. kind of that thing. You got to be yeah. able to well, and why do you think they get really popular fa- uh, super fast and then disappear? So that's kind of the same idea, right? They work yeah. really hard, they get some success. And then what do you think happens? Well, that's the thing. I don't think they work really hard. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's something, it's the natural ability. They stand out. It's something that makes them stand out. That gets them a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And now they got to put the work in to stay up there. And that's yeah. when they, that's when they'll flame out so that they don't yeah. put the work in to follow it up. Yeah. And I think a lot of the work, like you were saying, has to do with the mind. I really think that you can have all the natural ability. You cannot have the natural ability, but the ones that are going to be the, the standouts are the ones that are able to manage their mind and about mm-hmm. what they actually want, what they're capable of, what they realize that they think they're capable of, but they realize they have so much more in them when they get to certain levels. Like with comedy too, I'm sure you get to levels where you're like, I think this is my top. I think I've capped out, <laughs> right? Who, t- who decides that? Who decides that that is the top? It's, it's definitely, not even necessarily the top, like, oh, I've done it, accomplished everything. It's, also, it's more like if you have your best joke and you're like, oh, I'm never going to be able to write another joke this yeah. good. Like, this is the best <laughs> one I have. Uh-huh. And then, you know, a year later, it's like, hey, I haven't, like, no, this is the best joke. And you just, <laughs> it's just, but you don't know how to recreate it necessarily. Like, you don't go out there, like, okay, this is, like, I have a closing bit. Or my very first closing bit, I remember when back when I was only doing like ten minutes shows, but uh, and I was like, okay, well that's I don't have another joke like that. Like that's my close. I have to, and it's like, and then eventually something else becomes a better joke. I'm like, okay, so I can move that one. Now I have a good joke to open with and a good joke to close with. I'm like, okay, but that's it. And other jokes are whatever. They're not that great. And then I come up with another good one. It's like, oh great. So I have a, now I have one a good one in the middle, good one in the beginning, and a good one in the end. All right, and then eventually every single joke is the good joke but mm. yeah you don't think you're going to be able to write another one or if you lose it or you say people put out a uh, set on tv or a netflix special now they're like well i'm never going to come with a whole nother hour like it's, it was too good i can't come with that and then you do you just keep working and eventually you do it's weird 
Yeah, you kind of think, for me, I kind of think of like the Olympians, like Michael Phelps, who has won everything. And you're like, so then now what? What do you do now? But the thing is, there still is no end. There's still more that he can do. There's still more he can create and contribute. And, you know, there's still more for all of us. And, and the other thing is when it comes to comparison, nobody really knows what everybody's potential is. So there really is no comparison because what your experience, your background, your abilities are very different from whoever you just said Burr guy is, which I don't know him. So <laughs> you're like, what? you don't know. <laughs> you you <laughs> probably recognize him, but yeah. Probably, but you know, I just, in those things, I think, okay, that's interesting because I don't think that any of us really know where we're at at all. I think there's just so much out there that we think things are done in certain ways in sports. There's different drills, different ways, traditions. There's different ways of moving up in the comedy world. There's different ways, of, but maybe there just isn't. Maybe there's ways that we haven't thought of that, totally stand us out and a lot of it I think has to do with the mind management the emotional management and and deciding that maybe you're different than everybody else and you can create comedy in a way that nobody else has and maybe there's things that you haven't thought of yet but that you're going to because of your willingness to to me to fail to get up mm -hmm. a, a month later after nobody laughed and I have a brother who did some comedy a little bit and he said that was the hardest thing for him is going into a show and not getting the reception that he had planned. So he stopped for years. He's like, I'm done. That's it. You know, because it doesn't feel good, apparently. I'm like, what? I'm not planning on anybody laughing at me. This, like, this isn't my world. I'm just going to get up there and, and expect no laughter because I'm going to laugh at myself because I think it's funny, right? Yeah. But then you just start doing things different because you are different than everybody else. I mean, and that's what, like, I have friends always say, you know, they say just who knows what people are going to laugh at so just do what you think is funny you know because as long just do what you think is funny and who cares because you don't you never know you can do what you think they're going to like and they're not going to like it and then you're like well what the heck am i supposed to do now uh i think it's uda hoggins acting teacher acting coach or like a famous acting person from back in the days and she said i think it's her she said that uh or meisner but either way they said enjoy if you enjoy what you're doing or you look like you enjoy what you're doing, people will enjoy watching it. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Mm -hmm. so. And I think that's the biggest thing for comedy. It, like you were saying, they, they had the same joke, but you would never know that because they make it look so authentic. Same yes. with gymnastics and, and gymnastics, any sport, they make it look so easy that it mm -hmm. looks like it can't be that hard. Right. Yeah. So you make yeah. it look so easy that anybody could get up and just tell jokes and everybody would laugh. No, it's a very, very practiced sport in itself. Yes. And it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of failure, a lot of willingness to, to feel rejected and lonely and embarrassed. And you have to manage all of that mm -hmm. to be able to get back on the stage again. So I feel like the emotional part of comedy is very much to me, like any high competitive athlete where you're just trying to manage how you want to feel about you at the end of your competition. What do you want to think about you as a human being and as an athlete and as a comedian? Are you still okay with you? Maybe, hopefully. And if not, you may not want to get back on that stage. You may not want to get back in that competition, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I and mean, what's why would you like if you if you're not happy with not not with your performance, but just with yourself in the game? And right. then yeah, what is and that's and those people are gonna be the ones who burn out. They're the ones, no matter how good they are. The, and which is this funny? The Stephon Marbury documentary I recently watched. That's kind of his what happened to him is he wasn't happy you know there's a lot of people who might have depression or something like that i don't know if, i think he was depressed at some point like he went back to his hometown and started playing for the new york knicks and it just wasn't going well and that just all sunk in i think his someone his father passed away at the same time and it just and it just totally collapsed his career like it had nothing to do physically he was physically 
capable and still one of the like talented, one of the most talented players, especially point guards in the NBA. But he just it was literally emotional and mentally he couldn't handle it, and it made, it ruined his career for in the NBA at that point in time. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it, it physiologically is really difficult to maintain a standard that everybody expects of you at that level without any internal satisfaction and internal joy without the sport. And I always say, hey, if, if we can get you disconnected to sports, which athletes have a hard time with that idea, if we can just be you, then mm. your sport, your game's going to go up. But right now, because you, you're not anything without the sport, you just don't feel like anything. So we've got to disconnect like, hey, you're, you do comedy and you're Jonathan sweet Mm -hmm. and then comedy goes up because you feel good about you no matter what and it just makes it so much easier to enjoy what you're doing when you realize that is not you comedy is not you you are you and then you can enjoy comedy and you can create different because there's no fear-based comedy jokes it's all i'm already good i'm already great with or without this but this is going to be awesome because i am awesome right yes so anyways i love it i just love the idea of doing comedy i would love for you to do a little we might have to just put your little comedy bit on here that you just did recently, just for everybody to hear it. If you have a couple of jokes, share with us. But I, just to end, I want you um, just to give everybody kind of a tip. Cause I know that comedy, at least when I've seen, can be a lot of pressure too, just like anything else. There can be a lot of pressure of people expecting you to always be funny, even off the stage. Mm-hmm. And like for athletes, even off the field, they expect you to maintain some level of, like you're always just, hey, go do a flip for me because you're on the grass and you can do it, <laughs> right? tell me a joke because we're on a podcast and you should just be able to be funny all the time but like you said it's a very practiced thing so what do you do when you're preparing for a high pressure high stress situation when you're going into a big comedy bit how do you give us a tip for what maybe could help athletes too uh honestly it's practice uh it's uh just doing the um uh the repetitions because like so quarantine started in march my last the last time i was on stage was march like 7th 8th something like that mm-hmm. 10th maybe and um i didn't get back on stage till july in utah mm-hmm. for electric comedy and so i was do and i was doing 100 clean at electric comedy which i hadn't done since 2018 a full headline set electric or clean and so i literally i had a, I called a couple different friends and said hey can i run my set like over facetime with you just literally just to get to just to practice saying make sure i remember the words and just saying the word and doing the repetition the the um the a rhythm of the jokes and like everything and so i did that probably two or three times leading up to that show uh just to make sure i had like and i had some new jokes too that i hadn't even ever said before so just to make sure i could say those correctly because you forget you lose the muscle memory so quickly uh, so I think practice is number one. If it's your acting, rehearse. If you're read your line, if you're doing music, play, pick up the instrument, and you got to play. If you're doing a sport, get out there and, and grab the ball and throw it around or whatever you're doing. Uh, but I think practice is the number one thing, to be honest. Because, you know, like my coach used to always say, I practice game day situations. Like even when you're, pra- when you're, and when you're practicing, you're not just like walking through it. You're mm-hmm. practicing as you win the game because that cuts back to the whole mentally being mentally strong. My coach also used to always say that when you're fatigued, the first thing goes is your mental, and you're going to make mental mistakes when you're tired. And that's why we had to be in shape and ready to go because that's the first thing you lose is mentally is you don't you don't think you make bonehead mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you're up there and something doesn't go right and you get a curveball because they didn't laugh at the joke where they're supposed to, and if they don't laugh, then that doesn't set the next joke. And now you don't know what to do that 
that repetition, that practice is going to keep you be able to make you just be able to go with the flow right then without having to mess up. Or if, if something doesn't go your way, you can just adapt to it real quickly because you're used because you were practiced so much. You knew your lines, you knew your jokes, you knew everything that was going to happen. So I, I think it. practice is, is the perfect, is what you need the most. And right. in sports, I'd say conditioning because mm-hmm. and practice, because once again, you're going to make mental mistakes as soon as you get tired. I love that. I think that's a really good tip is when you get physically fatigued, your Mm -hmm. mental fatigue starts kicking in and that's where you start making silly mistakes. It's the first thing. And it's funny. It's uh, a long time ago, I did this uh, pond skim on the snowboard where it's basically like there's like during spring break time, they have fun festivities at the mountains. They had, they dug out this long, like maybe hundred foot trench that they filled with water and it's what's freezing water. Like the snow's, you know, it's snowing outside. And you do a pond skim, it's just for fun. So you go down the hill on your snowboard and you kind of skim across the pond and see if you can make it across. And so I do it. I'm wearing just some snowboarding pants, no shirt, and some floaties on my arms, and then a snowboard I'm wearing, I'm wearing as a joke. And I go, and I kind of, I was going good, and I kind of just eased up a little bit. My nose dipped, and I went head for it, and I went head over into the water. And you have a snowboard attached, you're in the water, and it's freezing cold. And the first thing, and I was just, it's freezing. Like, it's freezing temperature. And so I come out of the water, and I'm not, th- I'm so cold. I don't think I literally was like, then I had my, I had a, was wearing a beanie and cause it got all wet. It like sucks into my head. And it was like my favorite beanie. And I just took it and I threw it without even thinking. I never found the beanie again. I remember like, that was my favorite beanie. I just, I wasn't thinking. I just took it and threw it off. I don't know where it went. <laughs> never saw it again. And like, why did I throw my beanie away? <laughs> I just right. wasn't thinking. I was like, what's going on? Get this off me. I was shivering. I couldn't talk. It was terrible. <laughs> That's but totally what happens. Thinking. It's because you yeah. know, once you're, once you're mentally tired, you're not thinking. And then things happen where you look back and you go, what was I thinking? It's because you weren't. It's because you yeah, weren't. Exactly. <laughs> I, was, my, I was freezing. My body's like, you're freezing. I was like, get out of here. I don't know what to think. It's terrible. I love it. Okay. That's a great, great tip. You guys, hey, listen up. So make sure you're physically in shape. Make sure you're practicing. Make sure you can keep your mind alert so you don't get mentally fatigued. That is the yep. last thing you want is mental fatigue when you're in the middle of a game, middle of a stand-up comedy middle of anything is to not be able to think clearly so make sure you're practicing what you need to practice to stay alert mentally is what it sounds like you're saying yep hey thank you jonathan thank you so much for your time you guys if you are in the uh, pro mindset academy jonathan's going to be sharing more uh, clean bits with us i know that's a new new thing for you it's a little different but we love it and it's so fun so you're going to have to jump in there to listen to some and i'm sure he'll be sharing some that we can just share with the public too so Jonathan, thank you for your time. This is Jonathan Flanagan, you guys. If they want to reach out, if they want to like catch some of your, your awesome gigs, where, where can they find some of your stuff? Yes, especially if quarantine keeps on going. Because once again, <laughs> I, I literally had to, I FaceTime some people and say, can I do a show for you? I'll do a private show for you. Like, you know, yeah. so yeah. Uh, I might be needing to do more of that if people do reach out to me. Uh, Instagram is always good. I'm very active on Instagram at John Flanny, J-O-N-F-L-A-N-N-Y. Uh, but yeah, that's probably probably the best way. Best place. Perfect. Hey, thank yeah. you. Thanks for your time, Jonathan. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. We believe that you've got this, but we would love to help you in your athletic journey. We know you need to get maximum results in the shortest time possible. So we've created a program with short, effective lessons and coaching that you can fit between practice and the rest of life. We coach parents, coaches, and athletes in the mental and emotional health tools they need to create an environment for athletes to thrive. Invest in the one thing that will have the greatest impact on your success, your mind. Check us out at athletesmindsetacademy.com. Let's do this.